As he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. He was taken up to heaven. Everyone, both in our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, also our gospel from Luke, we of course hear of Jesus' ascension into heaven, the feast of the ascension. So we know 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, in the midst of those 40 days, he was appearing to his disciples and apostles in Galilee, in Jerusalem, and now he's ascending to the Father in heaven as a way of kind of wrapping up everything he has just done these last, not just 40 days, but his entire earthly existence. Remember, he became man. He entered into humanity. He took on human flesh to redeem it because we need it. And now he's taking what he has now redeemed back to the Father in heaven. He is taking humanity to heaven. That's what he's doing in his ascension. Now, the image that was coming to my mind here this weekend on this Feast of the Ascension was a bit surprising. And it comes from, uh, I know I used a movie reference two weeks ago for The Passion, uh, but the reference that was coming to mind comes from my own experience of growing up watching a little bit of TV. I didn't watch a lot of TV growing up. Uh, my grandma always said that I have had ants in my pants, which meant I was pretty antsy, didn't like to sit there and watch TV. Uh, but on a Sunday afternoon, typically in the Johnson home, uh, the football game would be on, typically the Vikings, right? Winning the first three quarters, at least leading the first three quarters, and then blowing the lead in the last few minutes of the game. That's usually what happened. And if the game was on Fox, if the game was on Fox, there'd be a commercial throughout the day watching football for a brand new episode coming up at 7 p.m. of The Simpsons, right? You're never there because you're always at Mass at 6.30 on Sunday, so you miss The Simpsons. Last weekend, they celebrated their 33rd anniversary. 33 years, over 750 episodes of The Simpsons, the longest-running animated TV show in U.S. history. So there you go. Didn't see that coming, did you? But the episode that was coming to my mind this weekend on this Feast of the Ascension from The Simpsons was an episode in which Bart, right, the 10-year-old troublemaking main character, right, Bart Simpson, was misbehaving in school as he usually does. So what his parents do? They send him to a Catholic school to straighten him out a little bit. So he goes there. At first he hates it. And then after a couple days, he kind of likes it. And he's at home at dinner one evening with his mom and dad, Marge and Homer, and his siblings. And they're like, how's school? And he's totally loving it. And he's telling them all the wonderful things he's learning at his new Catholic school. And the Simpsons, by the way, are kind of a Midwestern, uh, typical American Protestant family. So this whole Catholic thing is a little new to them. And they're all of a sudden very concerned about their son and all the things he's learning at this Catholic school. So Marge sends Homer to talk to the priest to pull him out of the school so he doesn't get brainwashed anymore. So Homer goes there and he meets with the priest to say, we're done with this thing. And the priest tells him that every Friday evening, there's all-you-can-eat fish <laughs> and bingo. And Homer is totally sold. You got to be kidding me. All-you-can-eat fish and bingo? This is like the best thing ever. So what do Homer and Bart then do? They want to join the Catholic Church, so they join RCIA. 
Marge is distraught. She's going to church by herself to her Protestant church on the way out. The, pre the pastor there says, Marge, where's your family? She says, they've gone to the dark side. And as she's sharing coffee with her friends, lamenting the fact that she's going to church by herself uh, while they're at the Catholic church, she has this vision. I can't believe I'm talking about The Simpsons right now. Anyway, <laughs> she has this vision, almost a nightmare. And in this nightmare, in this vision, she is passed and she goes to heaven. And as she enters heaven, St. Peter is there at his podium, and he says, Marge Simpson, well done. Enter into Protestant heaven. And Marge Simpson then goes to Protestant heaven. In Protestant heaven, everything is very nice and ordered. There's peaceful music going on. They're playing croquet and badminton. And she's like, okay, this is fine, but like, where's Homer? Where's Bart? And St. Peter says, oh, they're over there. And across the clouds, there's a big banner with a bunch of people that says, Catholic heaven. And it's a whole party. There's dancing, there's music. Uh, if you've seen the opening scene of The Godfather, the wedding scene, it's kind of like that. There's drinking going on. There's some Irish guys getting into a brawl. And she says, well, I want to be over there with them. St. Peter says, no, uh, you'd have to take that up with Jesus. And she says, well, where's Jesus? He says, he's over there too. <laughs> and then she wakes from her dream. Now, everyone, I just did all that and explained that because that was the writers and the creators of The Simpsons' vision of heaven or at least how they wanted to depict it to us, the viewers. That's one vision of heaven. And I think oftentimes, right, we have a tendency of formulating our own vision of heaven based on pop culture, based on movies, based on TV, based on country music songs, right? based on our own hobbies, right? So I like to fish, I like to camp, I like to hunt. So heaven's just going to be one long weekend of fishing and hunting and camping, right? And we formulate that in our own mind about heaven. The interesting thing is, Jesus loved to talk about heaven. Scripture is full of examples of what heaven is like. So what about him? I think I want to run with Jesus over the Simpsons, over the reality of heaven. In fact, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God like more than anything. He was constantly preaching and teaching about this is the kingdom of God and what it's like. And we just oftentimes ignore it and want to run with our own preconceived notions of what it is. So what I want to do here briefly as I wrap things up is just read something to you from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus offers a certain teaching about heaven that we oftentimes want to ignore. Now Matthew chapter 7 is the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus like prime place of teaching and preaching, right? This is the Sermon on the Mount. 
And here's what Jesus says, not just about the reality of heaven, but also the path to get there. And if we're hearing that, we're like, okay, I should probably tune in to this. This is God saying, here's how you get to heaven. And as I read this, I want you to kind of stack it up against what the culture tells us about the path to heaven. So listen to the description and listen to the path to get there. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And those who enter through it are many. But how narrow the gate and constricted the road that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Again, very different than what the culture tells us about heaven, isn't it? Jesus says there's two destinations, destruction or life. We, of course, want life, don't we? We want unending life. And he says the pathway to unending life is actually a narrow road that is not well-traveled. Why? Because it's hard. Because this is the one who said, whoever wants to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus, everyone, is the way. But we know that it's a narrow way, not because he's being exclusive, but because of the demands of holiness and the demands of virtue. So the question for us is very simple. Am I in the narrow way? Because at some point along the line, and I'm not sure when this happened, we switched this around. And we say that the reality of heaven is pretty much assumed. And by basically breathing, we get there. That's nowhere found in the Gospels. And again, that's a hard truth. But I think it's a truth we want to know like right now, not later. Because we know that every single human heart at some point will render an accounting of their life. And we want to know, okay, Jesus, what do you say about heaven and the pathway to get there? May we make sure that we're striving to stay on the narrow way. And if it's hard at times, that's okay. Because he says, come after me. Follow me. Deny yourself. That cross that you have, take it up. Because that is the pathway to eternal life. And by the way, the only way we get there is not through just trying hard, but through his grace. And saying, Jesus, please have mercy. Because I want to spend all eternity with you in heaven.